0: on this edition of Life on the Run. My dangerous prayers come in a time of brokenness. It's come in a time when I've just needed to sense God's presence in
1: my life. Life moves fast, and we don't often take a moment to hit the brakes and slow down. Do you want to take your life and your faith to the next level? Join Pastor Dale Sism as he shines a light on what it truly means to love God, serve people, and share Christ in your area of influence. This is Life on the Run, a weekly podcast designed to help more people find true life in Jesus Christ.
0: We began a new series called Dangerous Prayers. And, and I asked the question, can prayers be dangerous? I believe that they can be dangerous. In fact, any counter with a holy God can be dangerous. I'm not talking about dangerous in a threatening way, but dangerous in a life-altering and a soul-shaping way, that when we encounter God and we pray, just as we talked about earlier, that, that... that which we do in the natural realm, we put it into a spiritual realm. There is a whole new meaning behind it, and that which is impossible on earth becomes possible in heaven. All too often, we pray safe prayers. We pray prayers like, God bless me, God help me, God give me a good day. Last week, I shared a prayer that, that we always pray to the meal table when I was growing up. We would all take turns, one, one meal or, or uh, different days, and, and our prayer around the table at every single meal was, come Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. And it was the same prayer every single meal, three times a day. So, when I got a little bit older, I thought, you know, we've been doing the same prayer every single day. We need to liven this thing up a little bit. So when it was my turn one Sunday, I prayed this. Everyone bowed their heads and I said, over the lips and through the gums, look out tummy, here it comes. <laughs> By the way, that was when I first encountered fasting. dangerous prayers can be risky and life-threatening because they're lifted with boldness and daring faith and i have found in my life oftentimes that my dangerous prayers come in a time of brokenness It's coming a time when I've just needed to sense God's presence in my life, in my soul, in my heart. Or I've needed power in ministry. Or I've needed faith for the future. That I have come to God and I have prayed these, these intense prayers And that really has been the basis of this series and what what led me to this series. And so we're looking at three different prayers. One, search me, save me, and send me. Last Sunday, we talked about search me. That's a confessional prayer. God, search my heart. Know my anxieties. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And it's a confession prayer. It's it's saying, God, show me what is in me. Not that I'm giving you new information, but I want to see, God, what you see in me so that I can confess it and bring it to you and ask for your forgiveness. So, so search me is a confessional prayer. Today I want to talk about God save me. I believe that God save me is more than just a one event moment, but rather it is a transformational prayer. You are inviting God to transform you into the very image of Christ. And as we see today, although it is one that we pray for salvation, I believe that God wants to transform us every single day of our life. There's a verse here in Matthew chapter 4. 14 if you have your bible you could turn with me if you would Matthew chapter 14 very familiar story is that Jesus was with his disciples he he told them to go ahead on on by boat to the other side he stayed behind and prayed and uh, and while they were in the middle of the lake in the middle of the night the winds began to uh, spring up. It began to get a little boisterous. The wind began to beat on the boat. Jesus decided to go out and meet his disciples in the middle of the lake, so he walked out on the water to his disciples. At first, they thought maybe it was a ghost walking on the water, but when they realized that it was Jesus, Peter cried out, Bid me to come to you. Tell me to come to you. And Jesus says, all right, well, come out here. And so Peter stepped out of the boat. So let's pick this up here in verse 29. So then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. I believe that there are moments in our life where where we're going through life and we're even stretching out our faith to trust God and to, to follow after him, maybe in a new adventure or in a new way, or just in the journey of life that we're trusting God. And, and we're saying, I'm, I'm following you. I'm, I'm going with you, but the winds and the waves and the, the storms of life begin to beat against our lives and we begin to sink. And it's in those moments of desperation that we cry out and we say, Lord, save me. And what happens? What happens? Jesus does what he is so good at doing. He reaches out and he grabs us and he saves us and he pulls us in to keep us safe. So let me break this down here this morning. Let me give you three areas Uh, where I believe that this applies into our life. Three dangerous prayers that we can pray. Number one is, very simply, God, save me. God, save me. Many of us can point to the day, or if you're a good Baptist, you could point to the hour that you were saved. You probably wrote it in your Bible. I was saved on January 4th at 8.45 p.m. at... Such and such church and maybe by evangelist so and so and, and you know the day and you know the hour that you were saved. And I think that's good to know when, when your life was changed. For me, I was an eight-year-old boy when I came to faith in Jesus. I had grown up in church. My parents loved the Lord. But as an eight-year-old boy, one summer at vacation Bible school, the message of Jesus just made sense. It was, I guess, the first time that I could say that I understood the sacrifice that Jesus made for me, and I remember going to my vacation Bible school teacher, who later became my mother-in-law, didn't know it at the time, but, uh, but I asked her to pray with me because I wanted Jesus in my heart. Now, as an eight-year-old boy, my, my understanding of salvation was was so simplistic, it was this. I wanted to go up when I died and not go down, <laughs> I I wanted to go up. I wanted to go to heaven and not the other place when I died. None obviously. My understanding of salvation has expanded beyond that. And yet at the same time, it really is that simplistic in trusting in Jesus. But here is where I think so many of us fall into is that sometimes we leave our salvation as a past event something that occurred in the past. We got saved at vacation Bible school. We got saved in Sunday school. We got saved at youth camp. We got saved in a church service or at a Billy Graham crusade. And we leave it as a past event and not realizing that, that what God puts in motion in our heart is not just a one event moment of the past, but it's a living reality for today and every day of our life. And so every day since then, I've thanked God for saving a wretch like me. And there have been times in my life, in those moments of brokenness, where I've cried out and I've prayed and I've asked God, God, save me again. Now, let me be careful. I don't believe that you are born again, 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 again. But I do believe that when we come to that place of saying, God, I've sinned and and I confess that sin, we're saying, God, I I don't want to be in this cycle anymore. God, I want you to transform my life. I want you to change me so that I don't go through this pattern again and again and again and again. Transform my life. So many people, I think, get saved just to go to heaven For some, salvation is an insurance policy, a fire insurance policy. But God's salvation isn't just for eternity, it's for now also. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. He saved me yesterday. He saves me today. He saves me for eternity. There's a Greek word for the word save. It's the one that we saw here in Matthew chapter 14 when Peter cried out and he said, Lord, save me. It's the Greek word sozo. It's spelled S-O-Z-O, pronounced sozo. And it, and it means more than just getting saved and going to heaven. Here's, here's the full definition of what that word means. It means to save, to deliver, protect, heal, preserve, and make whole. In other words, it's more than just a one-time event, and it's more than just going to heaven. But when Jesus saves you, he saves you spirit, soul, and body. He saves every element of your life. And what you're saying is, God, here is my life, save my life, transform every area of my life. Let me give you three verses that I believe really speak to who we are as as a human being, the spirit, the soul, and the body. The first area is here in our spirit, 1 Timothy 1.15. Paul says, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. There's that word Sozo. He came into the world to save sinners. What Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, if you forget everything else, grab hold of this. This one sentence is worthy of all of your attention and every fiber of your being. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Aren't you thankful he saved you? On that cross... Christ bore my sin and yours. He received the wrath of God, the penalty of that sin that was due us, took it upon himself and died and was buried and three days later rose again conquering death, hell and the grave enabling you and me to have eternal life. I'm so glad God saved me. But he also didn't just save our spirits from sin. He saves us from every attack that we face from the enemy. And that is in our soul realm, our mind, our will, and our emotions. This is where so many people face the daily attack and the onslaught of the enemy. It may be in discouragement or depression or despair. It may be lust, unforgiveness, anger bitterness. There's so many areas in our mind, in our emotions that the enemy seems to fight against, that he, he comes and he attacks and he entices us to, to distrust God and to fall into sin. But listen to what, again, Paul wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.18, the Lord will rescue me from every attack Underline that word every. That means every. Every attack. The Lord will rescue me from every attack and bring me safely. There's that word again. Bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. In other words, it's not just I get saved so I can go to heaven, but God saves me so he safely takes me to heaven. What a wonderful promise that is. But not only does he do that for our spirit and our soul, but he also saves and makes whole our body. In Mark chapter 6, verse 56, Jesus went into the villages and towns and countrysides, and they placed the sick in the marketplaces, and they begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. And there's the word saved again. All who touched him were healed. My mom was a precious saint, loved the Lord dearly. I'm so thankful for her. She was an intercessor. I know that I know that I know that I am alive today because of the prayers of my mom. By the way, if you're a parent, pray for your kids. Pray for them because your prayers matter. She was saved at an early age and loved the Lord and served the Lord faithfully. My mom had three bouts of cancer. They were all about 10 years apart and and the first two she had radiation And uh, during those moments, we prayed that God would use the medicine, use the radiation to absolutely heal and kill every cancer cell in her body. And every time that she had that, she never had that form of cancer again. And she went about 10 years until the next bout came. And, And by the way, I believe that all healing comes from God, whether he uses, whether it's a miracle or whether it's a medicinal purpose or a medicinal means, that God is God. He can use anything and use any method to bring healing in our lives. Well, the last time that she received that she had cancer, she had colon cancer. And after surgery, she stayed with Sandy and me. And, and uh, we at that time, we lived west of the Twin Cities about an hour. It was in between when we had uh, were pastoring a church in... Uh, uh, out west of town, and before we came on staff here. but we were attending here at that time, and that morning, my mom came to the service with me, and my predecessor, Pastor Alan Langstaff, that at the end of the service that he had a, a time where he prayed for those who were in need of healing. And my Baptist mother, who had never gone forward in her life in a prayer service for healing, said, "I, I want to get healed. I, I want prayer." And uh, so she came forward, our associate pastor at that time, Pastor Helmar. He uh, he prayed so tenderly and gently and wonderfully with my mother. And that afternoon, we were going to my brother's home. My sister was up from Texas. My brother at that time lived here in Needham Prairie. And uh, uh, he's no longer a Yankee. He now moved to Texas, too. But anyway that we all gathered together to, to talk with mom about the next steps. The doctor was highly recommending further treatment for her. And, and my mom, to all of our surprise, said, I believe that God touched me today and I'm not going to, I'm not going to have any further treatment. And she didn't. We were all kind of taken aback Oh, ye of little faith. (laughs) And she, for the next 10 years, never had another day of cancer of her life. Never died of cancer. Lived another 10 years. Now, does God use radiation, chemo? Absolutely. But my mom knew that she knew, that she knew, that she knew, she knew in her knower that God had saved her, had healed her, had made her whole. Where in your life do you need God to save you, to make you whole? And your spirit, forgiveness of sin, and your soulish realm, the attacks of the enemy are in your body. Where do you need healing today? Would you be bold enough to ask God to save you, to heal you this morning? Secondly, When we pray that prayer, we're saying, God, transform me. This is a transformative prayer because what you're saying is God, I don't want to stay the same. I want to be changed. I want my life to be different than what it was. I believe this is the goal of the Christian life that we are transformed into the image of Christ that I look more like Jesus today than I did yesterday. I think more like Jesus. I talk more like Jesus. I act more like Jesus. I wanna be more like Jesus every day of my life now I know there are some people who say and I've heard people say this well you can be so heavenly minded that you're just no earthly good but I don't think that's the problem in society I think the problem in society is we are so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. But God wants us to think not with our thoughts, but to think with his thoughts, because his thoughts and his ways are higher than what ours are. So when you receive God's salvation, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes in. He regenerates your life. He transforms you just like the the, the, mo- or the, uh, uh, the caterpillar into the moth. You are transformed. You are a brand new creation that never before existed. And, he tr- and then he begins the process. He transforms, but he also continues to transform our lives into the image of Christ. I am so convinced that when you meet Jesus... You will never, ever, ever be the same again. How many can testify to that? You never remain the same again. Your life is changed. And you will never know until you meet him. But once you meet him, you'll be like, I'm never going back because my life is so changed. Here's what Paul wrote to Titus. Titus chapter three, he says this. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared. He saved us. There's that word. Not because of the righteous things we've done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. So when you're saying, God, save me, you're saying, God, transform me. I don't ever want to be the same again. We have rebirth and we have renewal by the Holy Spirit. I think of the story of the woman with the issue of blood. We talked about her a few weeks ago. That she had had this condition for 12 years and... And she was at that place where she just couldn't take it anymore. She heard about Jesus. And so she went out into the crowd and she pressed through the crowd and listened to what she said. She said, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be, say it with me, healed. healed. There's that word sozo again. Same word for salvation. I will be healed. This woman made a decision not to stay in the same condition. She was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Anybody ever been in that place? Sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm not going to go another day like this. Something has to change. And that's the way it was with this woman. She pressed through the crowd. And notice, when Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, he turned in the crowd, found the woman, and he turned and said this to her. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you same word your faith has healed you wow your faith has saved you girl you're not going to be the same ever again and it took a desire to be changed where in your life do you need god god's transforming work what area in your life do you, are you sick and tired of living the same way day after day, week after week, year after year? It may be a habitual sin. It may be lust. It may be anger. It may be bitterness, unforgiveness. Whatever it may be in your life, it may be discouragement or despair. It may be a physical or emotional ailment. Will you boldly say, God, save me? God, transform me. I don't want to be this way ever, ever, ever again. Transform my life, God. Transform me. Number three. God, redeem me. God, redeem me. Psalm 69 Let me give you two verses here, verse 1 and verse 18. The psalmist says, save me, O God. Save me, O God. That word save in the Hebrew is is the equivalent of the word that sozo in the New Testament. It means to save, to preserve, to deliver, to defend, to bring victory. It's the the equivalent of the two, uh, of the other one, the Greek word. Save me, O God. So he's saying, preserve me, deliver me, defend me, bring me victory. And then he says, draw near to my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of my enemies. In other words, God, protect me, preserve me, take care of me, defend me, give me victory and redeem my life. What does it mean to be redeemed? Redeemed. The one concept, of course, that we have in the Bible is that we are purchased. We are bought with the price, that we belong to God. We have been redeemed. But there's another meaning to redeem. To redeem means to have a new purpose. To live with a new value. We, we sometimes say to have a redeemed purpose or a redeemed value. In other words, God wants to give you new life, new purpose, new meaning, that when you wake up in the morning, that you're wake, waking up with a fresh vision for that day, that you're living on purpose. You're not just existing through life, but you're living on purpose for God. There's a story of blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. That when he heard Jesus was passing by, he cried out and he said, son of David, have mercy on me. And the disciples tried to shoo him away, but, but Jesus said, no, tell him to come to me. So they bid him to come and Jesus' first sentence to him was, what do you want me to do for you? I believe that Jesus may be asking you that today as well. What do you want me to do for you? How would you answer? What do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus said that I could receive my sight, that I I would be able to see. And the Bible says that when Bartimaeus got up, he took his coat, his cloak, but he took his coat and he tossed it to the side and came to Jesus. And Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. There's that word again, Your faith has saved you, Bartimaeus. Your faith has saved you whole. What's significant about throwing the cloak away? What what was the faith? One, calling out to Jesus. But two, was the throwing the cloak aside because the cloak is what he used. He would spread it out in front of him to collect the coins as people came by because he was blind. He, he existed and he lived off of the kindness and the donations of people as they gave their alms as they walked by. But he, he tossed the coat to the side. I believe what Bartimaeus is saying, I'm no longer going to be identified as a blind beggar. I have a new purpose. I have been redeemed. I'm going to be healed. And Jesus said, your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole. And when he trusted in Jesus, when he trusted in Jesus, everything changed in his life. God wants to redeem your life so that your life has purpose. So you can live on mission. Because when Jesus saves you, he saves you completely. In fact, look at this verse, last verse, Hebrews 7, 25. Therefore, he is able to save completely. He's able to save completely, not partially. So when you come to Jesus, he doesn't just say, well, I'll I'll touch a little bit of your life. He saves you completely completely. And he, can, and he does the work in your heart of transformation, of sanctification, so that you are saved completely. He brings you safely into his heavenly kingdom. Look at that. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. He doesn't give up on you. You may have given up on you, but Jesus never gives up on you. He saves you completely. He saves, he delivers, he protects, he heals, he preserves, he makes whole. And all of that is included in this very dangerous prayer. God save me. God save me. Because when you allow God to save you, transform you, and redeem you, you will no longer be
1: who you used to be. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Life on the Run. Find show notes, video, and much more on our website at eplife.org. Join our Facebook community at eplife.org forward slash Facebook to support the work and ministry of Life Church head to eplife.org forward slash giving. Life Church is located in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, and our weekly services are at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And join us next week for Life on the Run podcast so that you can leave your mark on the world by hitting the brakes, increasing your faith, and living out your life for Christ.